Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy. So first episode, we're into June and Dubai has been super busy in the last few weeks. I was just thinking how many, I went to an event at the weekend in the World Trade Center, Medicon, a metaverse event, and I was just thinking how many conferences have been in uh, the World Trade Center since uh, the end of Aid, which ended at the 9th of May, and you had CabSat, Index, Seamless, uh, ATM, Arabian Travel Market, back to back, thousands of people, vendors, suppliers, lots of people coming to Dubai, really business focused, and then Medicon as well. And, um, you know, it got me thinking about people coming and planning their summer trips and their holidays and, you know, business kind of slowing down a little bit as tends to happen with schools off and things like that. Um, and, uh, you know, this week's guest is someone who has a, a retreat uh, in Rasa Khaimah. So we talk a lot about that and, and what went into setting up that business as well. But also, he's a really good example of someone who changed their career and did something different after um, a career in a corporate world. But this guy was also a, a professional golfer. Uh, and we often think about uh, what do people do after a career in sports? So for anyone wondering those things and wondering what to do at the summer, this is a good uh, interview to listen to. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Simon Dunn. He is the co-founder at the Lighthouse Retreat. So they are Middle East's first year-round holistic wellness and detox retreat that they believe in balance and they work to be part of your lifestyle to enhance your life and change your perspective. They've set up in Rasa Khaimah and today we'll be talking about the story of the Lighthouse Retreat, health and wellness industry in the UAE and their plans for the future. So welcome Simon. Hi, good morning. How are you? Good morning and thanks for coming all the way no to problem. Dubai. It's all right. I always come in quite a few times a week, so good to come. Amazing. So can you tell us a little bit more about the Lighthouse Retreat? Absolutely. So the Lighthouse Retreat is, as you say, it's the first year-round holistic wellness retreat. When, when I say that, we actually run every day of the year. Um, so there are a number of pop-up retreats, we would call, um, that happen in the region. That's sort of a Friday, Saturday, Sunday element. But we run all year round. Our guests can come and start whenever they feel uh, a day that's practical for them. We have a strong focus in yoga, and we follow that with uh, meditation, breath work, Reiki, sound healing, those sort of holistic wellness practices. And then we support that as well with uh, a mostly raw vegan program. Uh, where we have breakfast, lunch, and dinner uh, within that sort of um, framework. So there's no coffee, unfortunately, no dairy, no meat, no processed carbs, but it's sort of a kickstart element, element that with the food. So, but it's uh, it's really exciting for the retreat. We um, uh, we have a number of guests that come to us for all different types of of things, but we're basically trying to create a nice, safe sanctuary for people to come, relax, work on themselves, do a bit of healing, and uh, just find a bit of balance in their life. Amazing. And uh, so, what sort of venue is it? Uh, what's the what is the retreat? Is it? Uh, is it? Uh, what type of building is it? So we're actually connected to Alhambra Golf Club. So we're at the lower level, uh, facing the Alhambra Lagoon. So 
We have our own private space. Uh, there's no other through fare through the retreat. It's a really uh, unique sort of um, mixture of styles of elements that we really like from our travel. So there's elements of sort of Zanzibar and Bali in there. Mm. Uh, a lot of wood, uh, a lot of local materials we've used. So we've got some really cool shaded areas and we're right on the water. So we have um, a really cool outdoor yoga sala right on the waterfront. Wow. Um, so we're, it, as I say, we're, we're connected to the golf club, but we're not actually a hotel, so to speak. So there is sometimes some confusion on that. But uh, yeah, it's a really, really cool space. We're um, we get out onto the water quite a lot with the paddle boards and you know, we've got a really amazing natural as possible uh, venue and retreat for people just to come and relax. It sounds like you, uh, when designing it, you put together life experiences, but also destination and, and themes when you were designing it. Uh, how did that come about and is it relatively new? Um, yeah, so uh, the retreat itself, we opened in December 2020. So right in the middle of COVID. Um, best laid plans and all that. So uh, we're coming out into some normality now, which is great. But the design, um, I take no credit for that at all. It's it's my wife's design. Uh, she's amazing with uh, design and conceptual um, design and interiors. So some of the great elements that we've put together are some of our favorite bits for our travels. So uh, we could have made it all glass and metal and like really modern, but we've made it really homely, lots of natural wood, lots of local products. And you sort of feel as if you're like in a, a Balinese Zanzibar beach getaway, um, which is kind of nice. And and the plans then as well, was it was it a pandemic idea or had you been planning for it before? We've been planning it a long time before. Um, so the whole project itself is about three years old, uh, but we've been open just coming up for 18 months now. So um, we tried to hang on as long as possible in terms of opening. And obviously some of the planning was a little bit more tricky in COVID. But um, no, it, was, it wasn't COVID specific. Um, but it's 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 been an interesting journey, obviously opening in COVID and learning the lessons we've learned during COVID. And I think for any organization, any business, opening and, and running in COVID has always come out the other side a little bit stronger. Yeah. Um, so it's been a real interesting journey, really exciting. Amazing, because on one level, you know, you do need people to be able to travel and move about to mm. get to your retreat. But at the other level, so that's a sort of a negative, but then it's changed. And then at the other level, wellness and these priorities in life are almost emphasized more. So it, it was kind of bad timing and good timing. Absolutely. So obviously the, the retreat is, is designed for people from all over the world to come. Uh, we've been very lucky so far. We've had people from uh, Europe, UK, Switzerland, Germany, um, also from the East coming from sort of Hong Kong, Singapore, uh, Macau. Uh, and then a number of regional uh, guests as well. So it was a real interesting mix. Um, when we first started, obviously, travel was a little bit more difficult. Uh, and as you know, the, the travel uh, confidence grew, we've had more and more people coming from overseas. So that's been exciting as well. Um, um, what's the typical duration? So it's not a hotel, but you do provide accommodation. No, we work. We we, we have accommodation nearby. It's yeah. not our own, but what we we focus on being the retreat, and mm. we allow our guests to choose their own level of accommodation. So it's not uh, unheard of that the accommodation and the retreat is separate. But once our guests understand that element, it's actually an, an opportunity for them to pick their own budget, uh, their own preferences, uh, without us dictating you have to stay in this hotel at this price at this time. So uh, a number of our guests stay at a higher end because that's a preference and others choose uh, something that's a little bit more affordable because they're only sleeping there. Yeah. And the, right, the main experience is with us in the retreat. And when you say only sleeping, like they're kind of encouraged not to eat all the indulgence from the hotel. True. I mean, that, that, you know, everyone's <laughs> adults. It's their own, that's their own element. But, you know, yeah. our program runs from seven in the morning to six in the evening. Okay. Um, 
guests are with us pretty much all day. Uh, if a guest wants to go and do something in their own hotel, that's their own uh, decision. Um, we're not in control of that, but that's okay as well. We're not a we're not a um, sort of a, a rehab facility either, so it's not we're not making any decisions for anybody. And if they want to add to their uh, their food for the day, that's that's not an issue. That that's their preference. But so we we do what we can, and uh, yeah. it's a really good experience. And typically, you know, if people are going there on their own or with a group, like they can interact with other people or what's the capacity of the venue? So the capacity is 12. We've limited that. Um, when we first opened, we actually were looking at 14 to 16. We've limited it to 12 for now, uh, just to get the feel um, of the retreat. So we've got, you know, nice areas for relaxation and uh, for people just to find their own space, but enough also for people to interact. So our guests come from minimum of two days plus, um, However, you know, we do recommend three to five days minimum to really get into the, the, the swing of it and, and allow yourself to really relax. Our longest guest so far has been 11 weeks at the retreat. It was pretty amazing. Uh, wow. So it's, yeah, it's a real difference. So some people come for short times, uh, a short time rather, and, and come multiple times, or we've had people stay for extended periods. So it's uh, whatever people are, are, can manage, uh, we've wanted to allow them the flexibility to come for as long or as short and start whenever they wanted to. And generally, if it's 12 people or if it's like that, you're not having people from Rasakaima coming in just to do a six o'clock yoga class. Like generally, they have to take part in the full day. Yeah, so the, the retreat itself runs the, the full program. Uh, our guests have to come for the full program of what we do for the day. We do have a separate uh, concept, which is a studio concept, which is like a, a drop-in class sort of standard uh, yoga setup. Uh, where we have elements of the retreat that um, the local community, mostly Russell Kamer, can come and uh, do certain elements of. So we have some facility in the retreat, but also outside as well mm. in a different area. So we're sort of catering for both uh, just an individual session, but also the full daily program as well. Amazing. And, you know, you mentioned earlier about vegan and uh, nutrition as mm -hmm. well. Uh, that's not typical of, you know, wellness. Oh, well, it is, but not yoga and everything. So how did you go about kind of incorporating uh, vegan and nutrition into the retreat? Sure. So um, it's a really important element, obviously, nutrition. You know, most uh, people would say there's an element of majority of your wellness um, regime, actually, in terms of if you're looking at weight or health, is actually with your diet. Uh, and I think diet as well gets um, a bit of a bad rap. It's, you know, your, your food habits. Um, so it's an element of we've experienced a number of retreats in Asia um, with different types of regimes. And we wanted to use uh, the vegan element of food as a kickstarter for anyone that comes in for the retreat. It's not to say that everyone has to be vegan at all, but it's a great kickstart for people that come a new wellness journey or want to kickstart, uh, you know, a, a new or re uh another journey that they're coming back onto yeah because um, it takes time obviously getting certain elements of caffeine and processed sugars and all of that exactly. elements out of your system yeah and even if they're not vegan being plant-based for three or five days is at break it's just different as well absolutely it really gives your um your body a break from processing the, the nasty things mm. and it takes at least three to four days for your, what we call your gut microbiome which are all the uh, the bacteria and the good elements in your gut to actually go away from wanting to crave sugar uh, to uh, processing food uh, and what we would call raw raw elements in a better fashion. So 
we actually find guests on day two or day three, the bacteria in their gut really do start programming their, their mood because the b bacteria that want to eat the sugar are craving for food. <laughs> and actually, they send chemical signals to the brain, you need to feed me, you need to feed me, as they're about to die. But then when they die, all of a sudden, the, the yeah. habits and your appetite changes for the better, and you don't have those cravings anymore. Wow. So you, you actually, the gut can actually control what you do in your habits massively. So interesting. And and do you produce that food out of the look size as well? Uh, yeah, so we work with uh, Alhambra Golf Club for the food. So um, traditionally, the food that they produce was sort of a more pub grub, but we worked with them in terms of our, our menu development and our vegan menu. Mm. And, and the, our feedback and response from our guests so far has been amazing. So we actually provide all the menus, all the ingredients, uh, all the preparation details for the food. So I guess if they really like something, they can take it away with them. Mm. And the idea is that they can they can try and put these things into their daily habits and stuff that they really like. Interesting. And Simon, you grew up in Dubai. How did you get yeah. into this? I assume that you were in a different career maybe before, or was uh, this your career? No, this wasn't my career. Um, <laughs> in another lifetime, I was a tour professional golfer. Oh, wow. I played on tour for eight or nine years in Asia and in Europe a little bit. Oh, wow. Um, no, this wasn't anything to do with what I was doing. <laughs> About uh, four or five years ago, um, I was working in the nuclear industry. My wife and I were working there at the nuclear power station over in um, by the Saudi border. Yeah. And uh, we were both having some stress times and... Uh, some health issues. I had some health issues, high, really high blood pressure and asthma and a few other things. And my wife and I, we both ended up going to wellness retreats at different times. Uh, and it was a real course correct. Um, it was really interesting. The first time I went to a wellness retreat in, in Thailand, actually, I managed to reduce my blood pressure back down to normal parameters without any medication in six days, which my doctor said was impossible. So I said, well, hang on a second. If I've done something proactively here, how am I able to change something for the better so rapidly without standardized medication. And I'm not saying everyone, you know, you shouldn't take your medication. However, it was a real interesting wake up moment. And then in the case of in the next 18 months, we went to three or four different retreats and uh, different types of retreats as well, because there are different retreats that are more sort of fitness boot camp related, more sort of what you would call ultra cleanse detox related, where you're doing a lot of uh, columns which is all cleaning out of the gut and up fasting elements. So you're basically not having any food and your body cleans itself out. And it was a real interesting journey and it elements started to show itself, well, actually there's something to this. And myself being a professional golfer, my wife used to play um, volleyball for Great Britain. So it wasn't a case of um, we were uh, unfit or I didn't have an element of professional sports or, or athletics and we both have sports science degrees and wow. physics so very active lifestyles all around and still exactly stressed, still yeah. getting stressed out you know the modern corporate life is you know the balance is a little bit messed up fam you know family time mortgages all these sort of things and finding a way to find the balance and actually course correct and keep yourself where you need to be was a real interesting dilemma for us and we found ourselves a way to actually, there's something to this. So my wife is now a Reiki master. She still works in, in nuclear. Um, and then I'm a fully quite qualified yoga instructor as well now. Amazing. Um, but I'm 15 kilos lighter when I, than when I started the journey about four or four and a half years ago. Wow. So I still keep a photo of my favorite, which I call my fat Steven Seagal, <laughs> which is, you know, it looks like, you know, I've eaten you know, the Stave Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters. So <laughs> maybe wearing a robe like he does or something. That's it. So it's, you know, it's, I'm still on my wellness journey. Uh, yeah. I'm still not where I want to be, but I think it's, 
it was a real course correct for us and a real highlight, well, this type of thing is really important in terms of finding a bit of balance, finding a bit of normality in course correcting. And the retreats we went to were really well subscribed. There were, you know, uh, a lot of professionals from a lot of different countries going. And once they discovered these sort of things, it was an element they go regularly because that was their reset their reset button on a regular period actually, you know, if I ever get a little bit too far down a rabbit hole, I can actually pull myself back and reset myself wow. and pull myself away and be what I want myself to feel like. Um, and it's, it's interesting when you, um, when we started that, we cut caffeine, we cut dairy, we cut a number of things. And it's not to cut the stuff that we all really like. We still do decaf and stuff like that, but there's certain elements and actually working on ourselves and, and understanding what was, what was important to us. And how did you go about that initial sort of, I'm going to go on Google and I'm going to find this retreat. Mm -hmm. Like what, what are you looking for and what was the one that made that Thailand one effective? Um, Good question. I think the the first retreat we went to, we actually stayed very close to it 10 or 12 years ago. Mm. And we would always been thinking about it and been interested in it, but never pushed the button and gone to it. Mm. And then there was a stage about four, four and a half years ago, uh, my wife had taken a time off work for stress and illness. And I said, look, just go. And sometimes just doing, do it. just sometimes it's that, uh, unfortunately, as human beings, we leave these things to the very last minute. Uh, and it's like, just go. And then she went, and then I went, and we went different times again, um, all individually, not together. Uh, because sometimes you just need to work on yourself and not have to worry about anyone else. Mm. And it was a, we went, it was just a, a real light bulb moment in terms of actually, you know, this is really, really important. Because there is a bit of that, isn't it? It's almost like therapy. Like you kind of know it's good for you, but you we don't pull the trigger because mm. we're seen, we're inundated with ideas of what holidays should be like. Mm. And we think, we need, you know, if we, if we do the retreat, then we can't do that sun holiday or we yeah. can't do this or we can't do that. Yeah. And it's kind of, the retreat might lose out and it's again it's not putting yourself first i suppose absolutely i think it's um it, for a lot of people it takes time because there's other priorities and it's like i'm all right it's fine or mm. there's things going on and it, you know it the balance that we have in modern life now is actually interesting of how much do we actually do for ourselves mm. and uh, put set set time away and activities even doing stuff that we love sometimes you actually Oh, it's, I'm going to have to do that. Excuse me. No problem. <laughs> it's <laughs> live, so it's right. So yeah, we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> it's, uh, so it's it's interesting, and it you sometimes you just have to go and do it. And we put things off, and you know, we're as human beings, we're the pretty much the only um, animal on the planet that does something called cognitive dissonance, mm. which means we do stuff that we know is bad for us, but we do it anyway because we enjoy it. <laughs> you know, so you don't see like goats or or donkeys smoking cigarettes or <laughs> having coffee or having too much chocolate no. or eating too much. Sensible. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. So <laughs> it's, um, yeah, we, and we put things off and say, we're all right. And, and it's interesting as well, because majority of our guests are, are women. And I think they're a lot more in tune in terms of where they are. Uh, and guys, it's getting better, but guys, you know, we're, we're trying to be all macho. It's like, if we want to do something positive for ourselves, we find that some, you know, we're fine. It's okay. You know, we don't talk about our feelings. We don't share very much. We're not empath- very empathetic. Mm. Um, you know, if we want to do something about it, we'll probably go to the gym or go out, have a few drinks with our friends. Mm. Um, whereas sometimes we need to not bite the bullet is the wrong, wrong phrase, but actually, you know, be proactive ourselves, look after ourselves, try and find that balance. It's not about 
machismo or masculinity, but it's about looking after ourselves and, and, and finding some centering and in our, what we say, like our mind and our soul. It's not just about physical elements. So mm. it's, it's, uh, uh, it's an interesting journey for the people that wanted to take that step. And people who choose to go on a retreat because the word retreat and the word wellness are mm -hmm. different things. Absolutely. And, you know, people can, wellness, they can approach that in many different ways in their daily lives. But a retreat, by its word, is about, you know, taking some time off and time away. And what do you think are the, the benefits of that? In other words, uh, you know, you, you had... You obviously saw the benefits of wellness, but you choose to set up a retreat. You didn't set up, um, you know, a wellness coaching. You didn't set up a, a product. You didn't set, set up an online thing or something like that. You choose a retreat. Was there a reason why? Yeah, I think our experiences with retreats um, in Asia that we went to, about three or four different ones, was that we loved the different elements that were there. But quite a few of them were quite focused in one specific area. So it was like more of a, a fitness era element with Mai Tai and, and that type of thing. Or it was the, the pure, very um, ultra cleanse uh, fasting element. Um, and I'm sure they're out there, but we didn't find one that we, we wanted to have a little, a little bit more balance in it. Yeah. So we have... We have a little bit of fitness, but not too much. We have a little bit of fasting and, and the vegan food program, but not too much. We have a juice program also, and we have the different healing elements. So it's trying to be a really well-rounded program, and it's also giving an element of education and trying to see what, what resonance resonates with people, and hopefully that, that they can take those away into their, their daily behaviors and, and daily things that they do. Uh, what we found with some of the retreats is that they feel people need to feel that they they can't need to go back to those to, to heal again. And when they leave, they're out of control again. And we thought it was just trying to find actually the, a better balance in that. And actually, obviously, we would love people to come back to us multiple times. But, you know, if we do our job properly, uh, they may not come back to us again. But that's OK. Mm. It's just trying to find the journeys and, and what really works and a well-rounded element than just really focused on on something else uh, you mentioned as well sort of well-being as well um it's an interesting conversation and it hasn't it's still open to discussion the difference between well-being wellness and health and all those different elements and i think quite of those get confused quite often and we're trying to touch on as many of those where possible but you know for the well wellness industry pretty much encompasses everything from spas to gyms to uh, products you can buy on Amazon to face masks to, you know, you name it. Mm. So sort of a, a wellness retreat is, is an element within there. And I think it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a great experience, but it's something that's can be deemed as like sometimes a holiday for some people. I want to do something instead of just sitting on a beach and having, you know, a cocktail, mm. do something for myself. But also I think it's, that's just for one element of people that want to do that. But for others, it's like it's, re it's a really important element of actually their normal annual routines or the normal, their annual pilgrimage. It's like, oh, have a holiday. Um, and sometime in that year, I want to, they may go to a retreat, they may go to something else, but it's about doing a bit more of an experiential type experience for themselves. Definitely interesting. And talking about the wellness industry, Simon, and what you've seen within Dubai and the mm. UAE in, and Rasakaima, but in the last four or five years, or even longer, how have you seen the industry evolve? That's a really good question. It's, it's been, it's changed a lot. I think obviously there's a real onus now on people understanding, especially with the last couple of years with COVID, an element of uh, people's 
vulnerability and health, but also understanding that, you know, when you're talking about things like uh, the great resignation and people understanding what's really, really important in their lives, what, what do they want to do? What, what do they want to feel like? And I think, um, obviously, Dubai has had the gyms and the mega gyms for a, a long, long time and the spas as well, element of that. But I think, you know, the the element of wellness within within the work workplace is a really important thing that I think is really positive where, you know, companies and organizations are understanding their, their need to look after their, their workforce in a more proactive way. And, you know, especially all the government entities now, they have um, a proactive uh, wellness programs that all need to be in there and organizations of a certain size. So I think that's fantastic. Um, and I think as well, it's when it comes from top down and all side to side, when everybody is, I think, doing anything positive in the la- in, in wellness, I think is a really good mm. landscape as opposed to it's just a gym and a spa. Um, I think the other elements around holistic wellness in terms of adult, it's not just yoga. There's much, much wider scope than that. But I think anything in terms of, of those elements is really, really important because it's, uh, it's not the forgotten element. It's a very ancient element that we're sort of rediscovering within the last 40, 50 years that people have been more open to. And actually, you know, yoga is really important to me. Breath work, meditation is really important to me. Mm. Or it could be Reiki or sound healing or, you know, it could be, you know, normal fitness elements in the mm. gym. So I think it's really interesting and really exciting that Dubai, being the progressive place as it is, it wasn't necessarily part of was the landscape before, but I think now is very much in in the forefront of what a lot of people are talking about, which is great. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Whereas Dubai and the UAE can take industries and build them, uh, a wellness industry wasn't the first one that emerged and brought the best talents around the world and the best gyms, the best facilities, uh, like with restaurants. But then when it happened, uh, it seemed to keep those same high standards. There seemed to be good practitioners, um, maybe not a, all the case, but you're right. Like, but that kind of came from a behavior shift. The the people living here wanted it, and it evolved from there, like supply and demand, I guess. Absolutely, and obviously, we wanted to have this type of retreat more accessible for people in the UAE and the GCC. But when we were when we started going to retreats in Asia, uh, when we were looking at the landscape and and what's looking going on. Um, there are a lot of retreats and a lot of people from the region were going to retreats in Asia. Absolutely. Uh, so it's obviously a, a, people are active in that program. And it's not catered for here. No. So we're the first one in the region, actually, full time. That's a holistic wellness. There's a few medical wellness facilities that have come up recently, which are great, but of a, a different product to what we do. Sounds um, different. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's more of a medical facility. And I think that they, they have their people place. People with illnesses. Well, somewhat, but yeah. it's, it's sort of a bit like a Champneys or a, or a Chiva Som element. So there's a Chiva Som property managed in Qatar. There's a medical wellness facility in, Aj- in Ajman called, um, uh, I forget the name of it, but it, it looked very impressive. And I think all those type of things adds to everything that ha- in the region, in the landscape, because I think it's all really positive. And the more we have that we can cater and support people in the wellness journeys, I think the better. Mm. It's not a case of people putting their elbows out and wanting to say, no, 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 this is my space. I think anything within wellness is really, really great for the region and great for the people. And more options that people feel comfortable with, mm. I think is really, really important as well. Yeah, it's fascinating. My mom stays with me here for some months of the year. And a couple of years ago, I think before the pandemic, I wanted to send her on a retreat and I found a place in India 
Aguvera, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, I'm, I'm not aware of that one, but yeah, it sounds uh, all right. It's the type of, uh, it's obviously the wrong word. It's the type of treatment. Ayurvedic. Product. Yeah. Ayurvedic. Ayurveda, Ayurveda yeah. Yeah. yeah, this one, yeah. <laughs> but but she found it amazing and she still has friends from that. Like, it was just really enlightening. But I never thought that I could, it was only talking to you now that I'm, like, oh, I'm going to send her to the one in Rasakaima because yeah. it's that sort of thing. We don't naturally think that it's available here. But again, Rasakaima does have that going on for it, doesn't it? We, we're talking off air about how the nature and all the benefits of, of what's in Rasakaima. Is that why you choose this? Is it Absolutely. We, it, it's by design that it's not in Dubai or Abu Dhabi. But number one, it would be incredibly expensive to do in Dubai or Abu Dhabi, and it would the, the dynamic of the commercials would be very different. But also, it's a case of we wanted to create a sanctuary away from the hustle and bustle, Quite often when you're on a wellness journey, you need to go there and do it. If you're able to go home, quite often people just go home. It's not a case of it's challenging, but, you know, go on the journey, go and do it, go and enjoy it. And it's um, it's away from most of the things that uh, people are trying to get away from. So Wrestlecam is a great uh, emirate in terms of its, its natural beauty. We, you know, a lot of beaches, a lot of mountains, a lot of desert. And we try and do as much activity in nature as possible in Wrestlecama. And people come to us and say, oh, it's, it's a lot closer than I thought. Yeah, it's, absolutely, it's a lot closer than I thought. You know, we're 45 minutes from Dubai Airport, mm. um, an hour to an hour and 15, uh, depending on where you are from the other parts of Dubai. Mm. Uh, lots of hotels for all budgets, but also it's a case of just getting out and experiencing something new. So in the winter, it's uh, we're able to do a lot of really great things that we can only do in Russell Kema. Mm. So we go, we go hiking in the mountains. We go uh, desert walking on our own uh, in the desert, doing uh, meander through the dunes. As part of the daily program. As part of the daily yeah. program. We go paddle boarding twice a week. We do yoga on the paddle boards. Um, we go Amazing. swimming. We have a sauna right on the on the deck front facing the open water, which is really cool. So it's it's by design, and it's uh, it's to get people. Uh, into the country to to do a little bit of uh, work on everything. And the people that come and stay in Rasakama, are you tapping into that? They have a very active tourism board and, you know, are, are they, you know, maybe they'll book a holiday and then they can potentially, uh, during that holiday, take a couple of places at, at the Lighthouse Retreat as well, a couple of days. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we, we are exploring those options. Um, so Rasakama is very much hotel orientated. There are a lot of number of things in terms of experiences up in the mountains, which is great. So yes, we've had a number of conversations with them and hopefully they'll that'll be a little bit more active. Mm. Um, it's... It's an interesting element, obviously, in a wellness journey, quite often people want to go and do that and focus on that. It, sometimes if people are staying on a holiday long enough, they might go, oh, okay, I'll go and do a couple of days of that. Um, but a lot of people, a number of people who are just on a holiday mode find it mm. difficult to switch. Mm. But if they're able to do, for example, the other way around, so they come for the treat and then, and then have a bit of a holiday mode. Hmm. That's easier for them in terms of the mental switch around, but uh, hmm. yeah. So we, we're active with with the Rasulkema Tourism Authority, which is interesting, uh, and yeah, we, we're we're really happy, obviously, working with them and, and doing a number of things in terms of the the Rasulkema landscape in terms of what's available for the different elements of the UAE. Obviously, hmm. and is that you, you mightn't know exactly, but is that a strategic kind of selling point for Rasulkema Tourism? Are they trying to position it as a wellness? Uh, Emirates and a destination. Very much so. I think it's you know outdoor adventure, uh, adventure sports, nature, 
and mm. uh, you know lots of beaches and lots of lots of mountains and desert that are more accessible than let's say Dubai or Abu Dhabi. Mm. So yeah, very much so. Yeah, I do. I do a lot of events down there in triathlon and the Rack Half Marathon, and they're really, really good events. They're very well uh, attended, and they're good atmosphere, and it's a nice place to be outdoors. It is, and I think it's obviously a little bit different. Obviously, it's a you may call it like a staycation mm. uh, venue, but I think it's it's also it's something a little bit different. It feels how. Dubai used to be maybe 30 years ago, 35 years ago, where it's a little bit more community-led. You know the community, you know your neighbors, you know people around the different areas, which is nice. Mm. And uh, a little bit more affordable in terms of obviously cost of living there, which is uh, attractive for some. Can you can you put your finger on that? Is it definitely more affordable? Is like rent, do you, do you know, that would it be 20% cheaper than Dubai? Or? I, I think it obviously depends on where you live in Dubai. Yeah. But in terms of like for like, so, for example, Alhamra Village, where the retreat is and where we live, mm. uh, you can live on the golf course uh, for a substantial amount cheaper than you can live on a golf course in Dubai. Mm. Um, substantially. Interesting, yeah. Uh, and the, the great thing about Ras al-Khaimah is that we have the, de- the, the, let's say, for example, the golf course in Alhamra, but we also have the sea. So in Dubai, that's actually not, not available. You can mm. either choose a sea sea location or you can choose a golf course location you can't choose both I think of that, yeah. um the only other so one golf course on the palm yes exactly so the, <laughs> the only one i think from memory is um sadia island in abu dhabi yeah which is not everything's on the water but the ones that they are they're fairly large properties yeah um so it's yeah it's, it's a real good mix actually of affordability quality of life and and community which is great and so i mean you mentioned before we started the podcast that you estimated about a third of the people in Alhamra actually commute to Dubai. Is that a new trend or did people always work in Dubai and live in Ras al-Khaimah? I think it's a fluid thing. Um, I think over the last couple of years, um, a number of more people have moved to Ras al-Khaimah mm. uh, because it's a more affordable option. Obviously, things changing a little bit with uh, COVID squeezes, probably is the way, that, <laughs> the way to put it. Um so yeah, it's it. I think it's fluid, but I think an, an, a lot of people still do that commuting into Dubai or Sharjah or elements like that. And obviously, there's a great community, and the schools are, are decent as well. So you, mm. you're able to really have a, a full element of what everything you need. Mm. Obviously, all, all of us from Russell Kemmer come into Dubai quite often, even for just the weekend stuff. So we're not really far away. It's only being like on the outskirts of Birmingham or something, or outskirts yeah. of London commuting in. So it's a very similar element to the rest of Europe in more of a, a country living but working in the city. Yeah, interesting. I think people in Dubai have definitely, you know, they know that Ras isn't far away because you see how many people take staycations there. But living might be something they haven't thought about. But, you know, definitely different times of the year, the hotels are fully booked a lot from people from Dubai. Absolutely, yeah. The the hotel occupancy is pretty good for a lot of the year, which is interesting. And there's more. The Intercontinental just opened up there as well. And, yeah. And uh, Anantara is opening soon. Mm. So the bigger uh, bigger brands and a wider scope of brands are opening up as well, which is exciting for the Emirate for sure. There's a few new investments in hotels as well, isn't there? The ones you mentioned and just talking of the uh, gaming activity and things yes. like that. So. Rasa Kaima, you know, is definitely going to be a more attractive Emirate in the future. I think so. I think it's 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 got its huge plus points, and the gaming uh, when that comes in a number of years on on um, Marjan Island would be, I think, really exciting. Yeah. Um, and I think you know it's, it's exciting, and progressive as well for the UAE. I think the UAE has always been about 
uh, taking massive strides and progressions when the timing is right, uh, in the right times. And I think, you know, it's, uh, it's courageous as well, but I think it's also really, really exciting. And I think when that happens, other Emirates or other elements similar will probably follow suit. What do you think of wellness across the region in terms of appetite for it? Do you think, a couple of ways of phrasing this, but do you think wellness is almost a generational thing that we prioritize more later in life? And then also, um, do you see some of your clients and some of the appetite and even the people you met on retreats? Are there uh, Gulf uh, nationalities and, and people from across the region attending? Yes. Um, so when we were looking at uh, our first plans for the retreat and our own experiences of retreat, so we took uh, the island of Phuket as our sort of uh, analysis, so to speak. So before COVID, there were 25 retreats of different levels. Um, and of those retreats, they ran an occupancy of between 12 to 15 people a day. And of our experience and discussions with them as well, they were running between 40 and 60% of that occupancy was from DCC. So at any one day, you were looking between oh, okay. 150 and 225 people a day from the mm. GCC in Phuket alone at a retreat. That's good market research. <laughs> uh, but those, you know, those, those, you know, that's that's a huge market, yeah. and that's just Phuket. So that's not taking into account the rest of Thailand, all of Indonesia, um, all of Cambodia, Vietnam, all of Sri Lanka, all of India, and then you're looking at also Turkey, Spain, Portugal, uh, and you know the wider elements of different retreats around the world. So there was a huge appetite for for people from the region going to retreats in Asia hmm. specifically. And I, you know, majority of, of guests and it, it's echoed with our guests as well. You know, it's a specific demographic majority women, but all professionals, all extremely professional, all extremely switched on. They realize they want to do something proactive. Some of them are doing it in a, it's their first wellness retreat, but not their last others. It's a continuation of their wellness journey, but it's something that, you know, they, to succeed, they want to know that they, they have to do something proactive and find the balance for themselves. Mm. And it becomes another element of their successful routines, mm. whether it's every six months, every year, every two to three years, but it's still an element that's still in there, which is really interesting. Mm. And we, we met some amazing characters from all over the world in our retreats. Mm. And yeah, it's, and we've obviously experienced some of the retreats as well. And it's been really exciting. Uh, COVID, I know there has been has hit the retreat element in Asia very hard, though. Um, so I think currently in Phuket, there are only five of the twenty-five currently operating. Oh wow! Um, yeah, that that uh, Thailand had a real sort of longer lockdown. They didn't did, it? yeah, it did. So we knew a number of individuals involved in retreats over there, and one of our team actually was from retreats in Phuket and struggled a, a lot. Mm. Um, uh, there was yeah. a for when there was a period actually in 2021, as far as we know, this side of the globe, we were the only retreat open hmm. that you could get to. Uh, hmm. So you couldn't get Crazy. to India, you couldn't get to Sri Lanka, you couldn't get to Indonesia, you couldn't get to Thailand, you couldn't get to Portugal. So um, yeah, so there was a, there was a time we were the only one open, pretty much, hmm. uh, which was a blessing and a curse at the same time. Um, but you know, is it, it you know. This, the community within the wellness community, pretty it's only a few degrees of separation to know everyone who's around. Mm. And obviously people are struggling in certain countries that were trying to do all these great things for people but couldn't get people to them. Mm. So it's real sad, but I hope 
you know, the landscape of the wellness industry within Asia manages to open up again. Bali and Indonesia just opened up recently. Thailand is much easier as well. So I think, you know, I think these these retreats, these elements being open for everyone who has, let's say, a, pre a, a preferred retreat or a favorite, uh, I think is really important for people to get back on that again. Interesting. And so the demand is there in the GCC as well established. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you cater for that demand? Is the focus on this venue or are you trying to build the Lighthouse Retreat as a brand that potentially could be elsewhere? Absolutely. So our intentions at the moment is we're focusing very much on, on regional uh, in terms of trying to get as much traffic through and, and exposure for people to understand where we are. Like anything anything new, especially in COVID, uh, people don't know who we are, so that's okay, but it will come through time. Our mm. feedback so far has been amazing um, for our program, uh, people who have come for uh, different reasons. It's been really great feedback, actually, better yes. than we could have hoped for. Um, so that's really exciting as well, because even when you have ideas and plans and concepts, to open something as as new for here um, is a, is a challenge, uh, obviously. But then, obviously, to get guests coming through the door who may be experienced retreaters as well, going, you know, the the feedback has been amazing from people who have a different experience at other places. It's not just someone who doesn't understand what a retreat is. So mm. we're doing some really great things, which is exciting. Our plans for the future are pretty exciting as well. So we hope. Um, we've had some discussions already to have uh, a lighthouse retreat in, well, two and three. Uh, are, we're looking at several locations such as Zanzibar, Bali, and Lombok. Oh, wow. So we've had some discussions with some properties there already. Uh, but like these elements, obviously, we're sort of at that tipping point now where we have really good, great opportunities for other locations. And we're just looking now, finding the right way to make those happen. Because mm. businesses obviously are tricky at the best of times and having being able to make that jump into the next step is mm. is exciting. So we're we're actively working with a number of investment options to look where we can do uh, what we need to do, um, which has its challenges, obviously, but it's really, really exciting of where, where hopefully we will go in terms of the retreat. Um, more recently on our growth, we we expanded into corporate wellness in the last six months, which has been exciting. We had uh, we were approached by an Abu Dhabi government entity, and it happened very organically. And then we started working with them, and then a number of other elements came together and opportunities. So it wasn't a case of well, we're going to open a corporate wellness sector of our retreat. It just happened that it just it we had the inquiries that people wanted to do this. So they still come to your venue, you don't go to them? We do it's both. just a corporate? We do everything. So okay. we do stuff in-house for them. They come to us for, let's say, a team building day, a team day, a retreat day, uh, bespoke programs we've done. We're doing a six-month uh, six program with an Abu Dhabi government entity. We're just about to start. Um, we do also subscription-based stuff. So we'll go in and support on like a weekly or a monthly basis, some in person, some online. Uh, some content we create for them specifically mm. so it's really exciting actually so those all those elements with the new retreats corporate wellness is uh, we've got our hands full for sure yeah, it sounds and that's like where the, the tipping point of night no, we need we need more hands on deck yeah and we need uh, we need to get a few things organized for where we want to go but it's really really exciting okay a few things cropped into my head but just on that one about market entry you know it seems like the design of the facility is really part of the program. So when you're talking about new locations and new destinations, you really will try and bring the full offering there. 
Absolutely. The element that we want to try and distill into the other locations is that actually if people like what we do in the way that we do it in the programs we run, it's a case of they're bought in to an understanding of what their expectations are. So, But the elements will have different focuses, slight different focuses, different fields, different opportunities. So, for example, if you were into Asia, like Bali or Lombok, that gives you, you know, most of Asia, Southeast Asia, Australasia, to come if they want to come and experience the lighthouse feel, the lighthouse experience. And again, something in Zanzibar gives an opportunity, obviously, for GCC as well, but also Africa and, and Europe, mm. but in a more, you know, a little bit of a more African feel, but the same flavor that we want to obviously distill the same concepts and, and designs. And they will have the different, uh, different design bits, and I'm sure... Um, my wife, Laura, will have the excitement of, of redesigning those elements when we get yeah, there. Great. But uh, yeah, those are really exciting as well because we it gives us uh, other options to explore new areas and, and new designs. So we may even end up having one retreat might be more focused on one area and then another retreat might be more focused in a slightly different area, but you still have the Lighthouse Retreat experience and quality and program, but with a slightly different flavor. Interesting. How do you go about, Simon, recruitment and bringing on this talent as well? How do you find the people? Uh, that's tricky, actually. Um, so previously, when we first started out, we were looking at retreats in, in Phuket for people that we actually knew. So we had first-time at hand experience from a guest perspective. Mm. And I think one of the real important things for us, obviously, we've, we've designed the program and the elements that go into it, but obviously the quality of service delivery is really important. So we wanted uh, really good people in terms of what they deliver, really good uh, variety and capability. So it's been tricky, and we're still we're still in a, a varying process of of uh, new talent coming in because as we're growing with these different elements, with the corporate wellness and potentially the other locations as well, the team is growing. Mm. Um, and 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 you know one of the hardest things for always is trying to find the right people for the right. Uh, the right attitudes and the right engagement, but it, you know, within this space, um, it's in, it's really interesting, exciting because obviously we're not, in, let's say, in the traditional corporate sense. Mm. Uh, but when we have, let's say, individuals from corporate traditional corporate background at some point, but then have transitioned into a wellness perspective, it's really exciting because mm. they have the both elements of experience mm. that we're looking for. So it's a tricky question, yeah, <laughs> a yeah, tricky yeah. answer. But it yeah. obviously, as always, trying to find the right people for the organization is, is, is important. Definitely, whichever organization it is. Yeah, interesting. Um, about the region, uh, what they're doing in the Red Sea, and obviously there's other areas, seems to have a lot of environmental focus. Mm. Has that caught your radar, and would you potentially look at that as a destination? Absolutely. We're actually um, having initial discussions with the Neon project mm. in Saudi Arabia, um, and we've had discussions also with a hotel group in Jeddah mm. about exploring opportunities. Again, quite natural, uh, not by design, which has been great. Yeah. We're, we're open, obviously. I think any anything that's positive for the well people's well being and people to have opportunity to to do something positive in their terms of their their health, their wellness, their well being. Mm. Uh, we're always open for opportunities and discussions, and it, it, it's exciting. I think everything that's happening in Saudi Arabia is is amazing, mm. um, and it'd be really interesting to see the development of how this project grow and people being involved. And obviously it's a wider discussion for the GCC and the, the region as itself, but I think those type of projects are really exciting 
just to see how they go because mm. it's uh, we truly hope they're going to be as impressive and, and exciting as, as as they as they talk about definitely yeah absolutely and Simon just you know almost out of time but I want to really kind of ask about your advice for people because you're an example of someone who was a professional uh, athlete in the sporting field and then you had a career as well and then now you're you're not necessarily retired at retreats, but you're kind of doing both. You're on a wellness journey and you're a business person. What, so, you know, navigating that career change and things like that is something that people always would like to do. How did you go about it and how did that happen for you? Wow, that's, a, that's an interesting <laughs> question. Um, Deep one to finish with. I, know, exactly. <laughs> I think uh, it was fairly organic. Uh, I th- it was... The, my journey and the change coming out of a, a more traditional corporate role was um, an element of understanding of a what if or what could be uh, and trying to not necessarily change a, a passion into an opportunity but looking at something that what's practical and what's really important and I think uh, there's there's an element of balance in everything that we do and I, I say that word a lot not not frivolously but in an understanding of you know, why and what and where and how. Sometimes mm. we don't ask those questions enough or not in the right way. And um, it's been a great learning experience, so much so that, you know, when you're just trying to do your trade license, you know, what you do is not on a drop down on a computer. Mm. <laughs> so it's like, you're sorry, you want to do what? So, you know, yeah. so we don't fit in the box. And, um, which is okay, uh, but that has its challenges, but it's, it's also exciting as well because we're doing something new for for the region. But I think any opportunity that people have to sometimes take a step back, take a breath, and sometimes we have individuals as well that come to the retreat thinking they want to change, but actually they realize they don't. Mm. Uh, so it can work both ways, but uh, it's op- open your heart as opposed to close it, closing off your mind Brilliant. and see maybe what, what, what comes out the other side. And it... You, you never know and uh, you know there's an old adage of obviously one door closes another opens but I think I don't think it's about doors I think it's about uh, uh, potentially not to sound too cheesy but openness and love and see what happens on the other side mm. without being too judgmental on yourself very good good note to finish on more self-awareness well, it's been really interesting listening to you this morning Simon knowing more about the Lighthouse Retreat we'll follow it in future and thanks a lot for coming thank on. you appreciate it thank you I really enjoyed that conversation. It got me thinking a lot about the wellness industry and what's on offer here in the region. So thanks for Simon for coming on and do check out the Lighthouse Retreat on their social media. We'll tag them and put any links in show notes. Um, As always, if you're listening on the audio, uh, it's Dubai Works on any audio app, Angami, Spotify, 
Apple, please do like, comment, share with a friend. Uh, and if you'd like, if you know anyone who's in business in the UAE uh, and would like to be a guest on the show, please do get in touch. Uh, if you're watching elsewhere, uh, we're available on iOS, Android, mobile, but also on all uh, of the major smart TV, Sony, Apple TV, uh, and Android, and a few partnerships like with Nabit, uh, with Wayak, uh, and a few more being announced very shortly. Uh, so do check Smashy out. We have on social media, our main channels are smashy.tv on Instagram and TikTok, but we've got Smashy Business, Smashy Gaming, Smashy Crypto, and this one will particularly shared a lot of videos on our Smashy Health uh, social medias as well. Thanks again to Shahir who organized uh, the guest and did the production in the background and Ali and Vishnu as well who did the mixing, the sound, the audio and the video. Uh, so thanks a lot and we'll be back same time, same place, 11 a.m. on Fridays and pushed out on podcasts in the afternoon. Enjoy the weekend.